You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our Market Talk and Brexit update. It's Tuesday, August 27th. I'm Gavin O'Carroll from AIB's Treasury Dealing Room, joined today by Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist. First up, we're going straight to our Brexit update, followed then by the latest durations in sterling, and then finishing with US interest rate expectations. Ollie, welcome back from the summer leave. The heat in the Brexit kitchen has been turned up with the growing risk of a no-deal Brexit under a new Eurosceptic Prime Minister. Bring our customers and listeners up to date as to where you see it. Well, certainly, uh, I think the markets have seen a growing risk of a no-deal Brexit. And um, we've seen that in the movement of stirring over the summer. Boris Johnson's now installed in number 10 and he's committed uh, to taking the UK out of the EU by the end of October with or without a deal. And he's very much focused on the Northern Ireland backstop getting that out of the withdrawal agreement, setting terms and conditions that EU leaders would not meet. So there's a real fear in the markets here that the UK will leave without a deal at the end of October. So I think we're heading, as we were earlier on the year, towards this cliff-edge event. It was end March, earlier in the year, and now it's end October. And no obvious route in terms of how we avoid a no-deal hard Brexit. I think in particular, you know, the UK parent will have a role to play. But uh, there are not that many working days uh, between now and the end of October. Parliament is currently in recess. And, you know, the government does control the agenda or the timetable in Parliament. So it can be hard. Like, it took a number of months earlier on the year to get the no-deal view onto the table in uh, the House of Commons. And it's not just good enough for the Parliament to pass a a motion saying we don't favour a a no-deal hard Brexit. They actually have to either initiate or amend legislation to force the government's hand in this regard. So it's far from clear if Parliament can do that. I'm sure it wants to do it. And it's this uncertainty is really weighing on the markets and weighing on sentiment and a wide divergence between Boris Johnson on one hand and the EU leaders. Now, we saw the talks last week and he was warmly welcomed in Paris and in uh, Berlin. But, um, you know, they are going to discuss over the next number of weeks if they can overcome or find alternatives to the Northern Ireland backstop. But there's a real worry in markets that the UK will crash out here at the end of October without a deal. Ali, you have uh, an article in today's Irish Examiner and the, the Bloomberg uh, guys are actually saying 65 days to Brexit this morning. Your article covers, I suppose, the sterling slides during the summer and the gyrations that have been going on in the foreign exchange markets. I think this is something we need to cover now key in this podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, sterling has lost a lot of ground over the summer as the risk of a no-deal Brexit has risen. And if you go back to early May, the euro's down around 85p. It got to as high as actually 93p against sterling in early August. The market is very short, the currency. So there has been a bit of short covering and sterling has come back a bit, or sorry, picked up a bit of ground. The euro's back to about 91p. As we look out over the next couple of months, there's a wide range here in terms of where sterling could go, depending on how Brexit evolves. I mean, there are many forecasts out there suggesting that sterling could fall by a further 10% to in around parity against the euro in the event of a no-deal hard Brexit because of the the very negative consequences that would have for the UK economy, the flight of capital, etc. On the other hand, if they can avoid a no-deal Brexit or if there's a soft Brexit and the UK exits with a deal, well, then sterling will rally and it could go back down to the levels we saw there in early summer where it was, you know, the euro fell back to 85, 86p. So literally, by end October, we're currently around 91p. We could be at parity or we could be back down around 85. And, you know, people who are involved in trading with the UK need to, bear that in mind in terms of, you know, thinking about maybe hedging some of their currency exposure. It's a hard call in terms of which way it will go. I think most people still think 
that the base case probably is a deal will be done because of the negative consequence of the UK economy. But certainly the, the, the prospect or risk of a no-deal Brexit has risen significantly over the summer. You, you, you have to, there's no other way to describe it. So it's, it's, it could almost be the toss of a coin which way this goes with a major move in sterling on the back of it. Which is not good for business and uh, investment cer- uncertainty in terms of what to do next and planning for it. Well, yeah, well I mean, we, we know 40% of our indigenous exports here go to the UK, particularly in the food and drink sector. And then, you know, we are, believe it or not, the, the UK exports more to Ireland than it does to China. We're its fifth most important trading partner. So there's a lot of trade done across the IRC that will be impacted by both two-way flows here, imports coming in, and then you have the prospects of tariffs or delays or administration. So, you know, this is, you know, it would be a major disruptor to trade if we see no deal Brexit at end October. Not to ma- and on top of that, we have the very, you know, we'll have a very major movement in, in, in sterling, marked weakening of sterling from current levels in the event of a no deal exit at end October. AAB supports uh, across the country for customers would include multiple Brexit advisors in many locations. We've got our Brexit hub as well. Please do, we encourage you customers mm. to contact the bank and, and any of these advisors in terms of helping you plan for the Brexit, as we said, 65 mm. days away today. Day, and in terms of just protecting and mitigating the risks of an old deal Brexit, uh, as Ollie has outlined, just how stark the decisions are going forward. I think we've had a two-year low in sterling versus the euro, Ollie, there during the summer, that back in August, and three-year low against the dollar. So sterling looks vulnerable in the interbank market globally, not just against the euro. It does. Not, remember what I said earlier on there, the market is very short the currency. So in the event that there is a move towards a deal, Sterling will bounce. I mean, you know, trades are short. The currency will have to buy it back. So I think it will move sharply in both directions and it could move quickly uh, in the next couple of months as we get a steer. And one of the risks here is that this could run all the way up to the uh, end October date. I mean, we could be in for two long months of fraught tensions between the EU and the UK, uncertainty about the outcome. And as with the EU, and we saw it in March, it's often a last-minute uh, resolution to issues uh, they come to, before they come to a head. Uh, so th- we have that date, the 31st of October. We're looking at, staring at that now. And as it, it may be, if there is a resolution found, that it's not found until you know, very close to that date, and a lot of uncertainty over that time period. In terms of the currency, I would say 93 is a huge support level. As you said earlier on, it held. You know, The UK currency fell sharply after the referendum vote back in 2016. Uh, the euro rose as far as 93p. It held there. It's held there again this summer. If you go back in history, if 93p was to give way as a support level, the next support level is around 94 to 95p. That's actually where sterling fell to back mm. in 2008, 2009, at the time of the financial crisis and the problems in the banking system in the UK. It did briefly touch, actually, the euro got to 97.5p, but really most of the trading was around 94, 95. If that 94, 95p level was to give way, you're probably looking at a move towards parity. So I think 93 will be a big level. I do think the currency will trade between 91 and 93 in the next couple of weeks. But if the risk of a no-deal Brexit is seen as rising in the next number of weeks, 93 may give way and we could be heading towards 94, 95. Okay, Ali, just moving on to this week. Little economic data out this week, but German IFO business climate survey released Monday morning was weaker broadly in line with recent surveys globally. Yeah, and we had PMI days as well for for Europe uh, last week. 
what they're showing, and the the Eiffel survey is the same as well, is manufacturing is in recession globally. globally. And that's in the US, it's in the, it's in the Eurozone, it's in the UK. But the services sector and labour markets are holding up. So I think it's just confirmation of the trends we've seen right through this year. Very weak manufacturing sector, services sector not doing too bad. We did have Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, out um, on Friday at the Jackson Hole event, uh, that symposium of central bankers. And, you know, the, the Fed has acknowledged the U.S. economy is holding up pretty well. The labor market is strong. Consumer spending is strong. But they do see these downside risks, and it triggered a rate cut in July. And Chairman Powell did nothing to dissuade the markets that there will be another rate cut in the offering when they meet in September. Again, driven not so much by what's happening domestically within the uh, U.S. economy, but this slowdown in international trade, the slowdown in the global economy, the weakness in the manufacturing sector, and also heightened global trade tensions, particularly between the China and the U.S., creating downside risks for financial markets and the economies. So the Fed, to some extent, has described itself as taking out insurance by delivering this, the, the rate cut in July. And I think we'll see another one in September. It made them pause and see how the, I suppose, how international trade relationships and the trade wars evolve over the balance of the year and how the U.S. economy performs in the second half of the year in the face of weaker global growth and that slowed down international trade and an ongoing trade war with China. The resolution, a resolution to the trade war with China would probably be the most positive thing we could see for uh, global growth in the U.S. economy. And, you know, there's still hopes that we will get that mm. because obviously it's not in President Trump's interest for an ongoing trade war undermining financial markets the, it was just a year out to the presidential election in the U.S., I suppose, look, there's a bit of a deja vu moment about this. We talked about the trade wars back in March, April, as the Brexit date first got kicked from the end of March to the end of October. Customers, I suppose, came in in February and March and would have hedged significant amounts of currency in terms of protecting themselves and mitigated themselves against that first Brexit date on the 31st of March. Here we are now facing into the 31st of October. Encourage customers again just to engage and, and at least discuss their own business needs and, and seeing what they can do with regards to their currency. Hedging. Yeah, I gave you know some important levels there. You know, for the next number of weeks, that ninety one to ninety three p level, ninety three being a big support for stirring, where it could go to that gave way. So, th- this is going to be volatile trading. I think in the next couple of months, mm. uh, I really think you know the most likely scenario here is that this will run up towards very close to the end October deadline. We won't, so it could be some time before we get a real steer here and whether the UK is going to leave with or without a deal or whether they get another extension to Article fifty. And a lot of uncertainty at, at a political level in the UK as well. We could actually have Parliament in conflict with the government, possibly a constitutional crisis, possibly references all back to the Supreme Court. There's going to be heightened uncertainty and difficult talks with the EU and the UK. So that's a backdrop for you know volatility in currency markets, and particularly sterling. Ali, thank you for the foreseeable future. We're going to include this Brexit update in each of our Market Talk podcasts. Ali, appreciate your time, and thanks to our customers and listeners for joining us. Make sure you check back for our latest podcast on Brexit updates by pressing the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk in the podcast apps for iOS or Androids. Speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.